Countrywide on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by the Irish Farmers Journal, bringing 379,000 readers the latest farming news and the best of rural Ireland weekly. Professor Frank Mitlerner is a name you may have come across a few times in recent years. Reviled by some environmentalists for pushing the interests of big ag and lionised by some farmers for changing the game on how methane emissions should be calculated, he is, as you're guessing, a controversial figure. The truth, though, of what Mitlerner's research says on how agriculture needs to respond to the climate crisis is, as you would suspect in the real world, a lot more nuanced and complicated. He is neither a full-throated climate denier nor someone with a message that farming does not need to change. He spoke this week at the Veterinary Association, CAVI's Sustainable Livestock Production Meeting in Tullamore, where I met him, and I asked him, why, unlike so many other academics, does he spend so much time taking his research on the road and around the world? Well, I do this because, in my opinion, that's uh, what is expected of me. So I'm paid by the taxpayers of California, and they expect me to disseminate information from the campus to the real world. And, uh, and I take that to all the stakeholders uh, who are interested, from high school students to policymakers, from journalists to uh, farmers. Uh, I think that's where the information needs to be. You are, though, also, frankly, something of a rock star in this field. <laughs> what you say carries a huge amount of weight. And judging by what I heard you say inside and the urgency with which you feel that we need to address greenhouse gases, I wonder, are you in any way disconcerted by those who take your research and say that this is an excuse for business as usual or doing nothing? Well, I cannot see how what I say would lend itself to that conclusion. Um, I'm researching, and my colleagues are, ways to reduce not just methane, but overall environmental footprint of livestock. And I'm explaining that to farmers so that they buy in. And then I see that they are converting the, the results into practice. So how anybody can say um, that this is not sincere, or this is greenwashing, or creative accounting is beyond me. Last summer provided an example of how Mitlerner's research is frequently misinterpreted or misunderstood. He appeared before the Eructus Agriculture Committee in the same week that the government was negotiating the emissions ceiling for agriculture. We just want to give us a brief outline and then we'll go into questions, into questions, Doctor. Thank you, Chairman Cahill and members of the committee for inviting me to discuss methane emissions. You'll remember, of course, at the time there was a fraught standoff between the parties of government over what cuts would be imposed. Based on what he heard Professor Mitlerner tell the Ag Committee, its chairman, Fianna Fáil's Jackie Cahill, said that there would be no need to reduce the national herd because Professor Mitlerner had told them how to achieve 30% emissions reductions with no cull. No, that's not, that's, not an, that's not an option. We see in California where they've reduced their emissions by 30%, so the technology does work, but we have to get it. But Mitlerner told me this week that that was not what he had wanted to communicate to the committee. California is only 30% of the way to achieving its reductions goals. It hasn't actually cut emissions by 30%. So the 30% is not a reduction of total emissions. The 30% that has been achieved is 30% of the reduction goal. So the dairy industry needs to reduce 7 million metric tons. They have so far reduced 2.2 million metric tons. So they have achieved 30% 
of the reduction goal that's set. So that's it's not set. 30% of all emissions, it's 30% of the goal. And I think what is perhaps unfortunate is that you were misinterpreted in this country and some pretty significant players said, oh, well, Frank Mitlerner says that we have achieved, in California, they have achieved an overall 30% reduction. That, that's incorrect. Well, when I saw that this was misinterpreted, I um, added a written comment to my statement, and I think I was very clear about it. It was uh, a misunderstanding of your research that came at a particularly crucial point in the political process here, and one that was used by some to argue for reduced ambition in tackling greenhouse gases from agriculture. Is that something that's regrettable? Well, of course, it's very important that we communicate precisely. Um, And so if people misunderstand it, I mean, I do everything I can to be as clear in my communication as I can be. If it's not perceived as such, then of course that's regrettable. What if I told you that cattle could be part of a climate solution? That's interesting, right? Well, it's true. And it's because of how methane works. Professor Mitlerner has done a lot to popularize ideas around biogenic methane in this country. But again, a misunderstanding about what he is saying has spread throughout the farming community. He's popularly credited with the idea that agriculture creates no new methane because methane breaks down to carbon and trees and grass absorb almost as much of the gas as farming activity creates. This has led many to now think that all farming exists in a virtuous greenhouse gas circle, an idea that Mitlerner explained to me exists only in very special circumstances. It is in balance in situations where your methane source is constant. If you have a a near-constant methane source, then almost the same amount of methane that's produced is also being destroyed. If you reduce methane over time, then you reduce warming. And we have to get this across, um, that if we get farmers to find ways to reduce this gas, then we have an instantaneous impact on climate. And why that has to be controversial is beyond me. The subtlety, the nuance in what you're saying there, though, is that it has to remain constant. If you increase your herd sizes, if you increase output or production, you're increasing methane, you are adding to warming, correct? Yes, no question about that. If you uh, increase methane over time, then you are adding more warming than we originally thought. And so now we have a much better understanding, and we can now... Uh, help policymakers use that understanding in making proper decisions. And in making those decisions, one that the Irish government has already reached is that between now and 2027, they intend for output in the dairy sector to increase. Is that addressing the methane problem the right way? I cannot really make that statement without seeing the numbers and seeing the emission intensities and so on for your country. But in general... If you increase your methane sources over time, then you're increasing the warming. Chagas' roadmap for the dairy sector projects an additional 1.5 billion litres of milk a year by 2027. You can increase output without increasing herd size. And if you do, then that's very possible. By 20%? I mean, you can do that. It's possible that you increase output uh, through, let's say, better breeding, better, uh, you know, all different kinds of technologies, and that would be positive. 
However, if you increase herd size, then you will increase the warming impact of that growing herd. And is that an appropriate response to where we find ourselves now in tackling the climate crisis? Not if your goal is to reduce methane and reduce warming. If, if that were the goal, then you cannot go up in herd sizes. There is one further area of confusion around Mittlerner's research that he was happy to clarify, one that is increasingly referred to by some as the game changer for Irish agriculture. The myth is this. If we use his preferred method of calculating how much warming methane is doing, it's called GWP star, then the Irish agriculture sector doesn't need to do anything. If you have a constant herd of cattle, let's say, near constant, I would say, then you will not generate new and additional warming. If you increase methane over time, then you are increasing warming and quite dramatically so. But if you decrease methane, then you decrease warming. Again, the nuance in what you're saying is really, really important here because the message that many people have taken from it is if we use your preferred metric of GWP star, well, then we don't need to make the dramatic transformational changes in agricultural practices because methane isn't doing as much warming as we had thought previously. But in a context where we might be increasing herd size, well, then it is actually got a much more profound warming impact. Yes, that's correct. If you increase methane over time, then the new matrix GWP star shows more warming than GWP 100. It is not true that GWP star is a get-out-of-jail-free card. It is not true. Okay? Because it will exaggerate even further the warming potential if you are, as we might be in this country, increasing herd size. And it's important for us to get this right. What I can tell you for sure is GWP star is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It is making things worse if you increase methane. It makes things look much better if you decrease methane. But I'm not uh, proposing this matrix because it makes it better or worse. I'm proposing it because it's more scientifically valid. Professor Mick Lerner, thank you very much for talking to us today. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. And I see that the debate about the significance of that interview has already started on social media. I'll tweet the uh, link to the, the podcast of that interview a little bit later on this morning. At RTE Countrywide is our account, at RTE Countrywide on Twitter.